It's Monday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC Sports. It's your boy Vince, and we're going to be talking football today. And I am solo again. We are now within the week of when Nico Mutello gets married. Shouts out to my guy. Shouts out to his fiance, Shannon. They will be tying the knot multiple times um, this upcoming week. We are thrilled for them. Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to kind of go through the NFC South and the NFC East. And what we're going to be doing is a one thought exercise. Some of it will be uh, team related. Some of it will be player related. Maybe the trade here or there. But it's one thought. And what we're going to end up doing is we're going to end up breaking this up into multiple pieces. So today you're going to get NFC East and North, uh, NFC East and South. And then Wednesday, you're going to get a couple. Friday, you're going to get a couple. Monday, you're going to get a couple. So it's going to be a busy week. Lots of football. We're getting you caught up, getting everything together. And then our guy, Nico Miatello, should be back sometime next week. We will see how it all works out. Now, the other thing is that, oh, usually this is a basketball pod. What's going on, Vince? I don't know. I thought I was getting basketball today. Trust and believe we will have some basketball this week. I'm working on a couple things. And once I have those things squared away, you will get the basketball and everything will be copacetic in the world today. That's what we're trying to bring to you. Okay, so again, the premise of this is trying to improve a team one way or another, or just having one thought where we think this team is headed. So we're going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the first person that I want to talk about is Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been a 1,000-yard pass catcher ever since he stepped foot into the league. This is in dire jeopardy this year. Baker Mayfield is one of the quarterbacks in question. Kyle Trask is also one of the quarterbacks in in question. Last couple years, he's been throwing to Tom Brady. We all know that's just a lights-out combination and they get it done, and my man gets like 12 touchdowns, and he's just super fantastic every single year. But now we actually have this streak in jeopardy, and I kind of don't want it to see see it in. So my thought with the Buccaneers, since they're in a rebuild, right, they're in a situation where eh, this year is like, let's see what we have in some of the young cats, and then let's also see what we can do with uh, some are our older talent. Maybe we can move them on for, uh, you know, draft capital. So I have a couple teams that I think would make a big difference in having Mike Evans. The first team that I thought of was America's team, the Green Bay Packers. No, just kidding. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, Dallas has C.D. Lamb. They have a couple another young wide receivers. Uh, Gallup has never materialized to the point where you thought it was going to be that guy right next to CD. Mike Evans, plug and play, big target, helps Dak in the red zone. This would basically open up that offense even a little bit more. And I would believe that this team, who is close, you know, I know Dallas fans have probably been mad at me the last couple of years. I've been really uh, hard on your team. This team is very close. 
It's a very competitive NFC East in any little margin piece that you can pick up that can help you is a good idea. The other team that I was thinking of is the Green Bay Packers. And hear me out. With the Green Bay Packers, I'm not trying to take targets away from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, which they he would. But just having a veteran wide receiver in with that group, because if you look at all the pass catchers for the Green Bay Packers, they're in their first or second year. There is not an old guy in that group whatsoever. Good for Jordan Love, also bad for Jordan Love. They're going to probably rely on the ground game a lot. Aaron Jones will get a lot of pass catches out of the backfield. So if you're looking for a later round running back, maybe you're not a CMC guy, you're worried about the injury. Maybe you're thinking that this is the year that Derrick Henry falls off the cliff. Maybe you're a guy who just does not like John Anthony Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're that guy. Shouts out to my guy, Nick Reed, who definitely does not like Jonathan Taylor. He just doesn't like him. Getting to Jonathan Taylor, breaking news. You know how we do it on this podcast. Jonathan Taylor has asked out. Shocking. We didn't see this coming. We didn't see Jonathan Taylor asking for uh, a trade, right? He didn't get the money he wanted in Indianapolis. Running backs are being valued at an all-time low. They're having consortiums and conferences and UN debates among the running back crew. And my man, Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, wants out. It also looks like right now the Miami Dolphins are in on are in on Jonathan Taylor. So the Dolphins who missed out on Dalvin Cook, right? He went to the Jets. They said, well, we'll just throw our, our lure in the water again and see what we can get. See if we can go ahead and add some Jonathan Taylor action to South Beach. Now, the other thing with this is too, obviously, right, that we have to think about is fantasy. You know, if you were targeting late round Miami Dolphin running backs because you were like, they're always like running back by committee and things of that nature. With Jonathan Taylor maybe joining the squad, you got to look at that a little bit differently. Obviously, what does this do also to Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis? Not having Jonathan Taylor sounds like a recipe of disaster for a young quarterback. I'm not feeling that part of it. But if you're looking at it for a strictly fantasy, my man getting to Miami and working with uh, head coach McDonald down there in South Beach, that sounds like a absolute scintillating combination between the two of those. So Jonathan Taylor asked out. He's been feuding with Ursay for the whole training camp, OTAs, things of that nature. They couldn't come across a deal. They The value was far apart between both of them. And now we are at the point where it looks like Jonathan Taylor is going to be traded from the Indianapolis Colts. So for my folks that are uh, for my folks that are in Indianapolis, hit me up at frontrunner 
PC on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we call it now. For my Miami Dolphins, Southeast fans, what's up? Are y'all excited about maybe getting uh, one of the one of the best running backs in the league? He had a down year last year because of the injury marred season that he had. Um, and we will see how it all works. So Jonathan Taylor looks like he might be on the move. And if we get news before this podcast ends, we will let you know what's going on. For our second team that we have a thought on is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons got B. John Robinson in the first round with the eighth pick. It's been much publicized how much I do not like getting running backs that early in the draft. But just the player, the talent, what have you, this is a dynamic deal. Um, I really, really like this for Atlanta. I'm not sold on the quarterback, Desmond Ritter. I know that he improved all of his seasons at Cincinnati. I even actually saw him as a freshman against UCLA. Um, Came in, did some pretty good things, what have you. Got better as the years went along. And got that team to a prominent role in um, the uh, college uh, football playoffs. So he could be the guy in Atlanta. I'm not sold on him personally. I'm not really on him at all. And here's my thought for Atlanta. Just stay patient. Stay the course. If you're going to make a move, Make a move around the margin, maybe to upgrade the talent to see what Ritter is. You know, maybe you decide you want to get like another wide receiver, like a vet slot, something like that. But do not make any situations that are going to hurt your 2024 draft situation. Because here's the thing. If Ritter plays well, Bijan, Drake London, and the other weapons that they have there, now you're... You're now you're just going, okay, what else do we need to make this team, you know, better? If it turns out that Ritter is not the guy, the record is gonna suffer, right? And if the record suffers, that means that you're gonna be in the conversation for the quarterbacks that are coming out next year. We all know the names. May, Caleb Williams, some others. Okay. So if I'm Atlanta right now. I am just looking to kind of tread water, see what I have in Ritter. Does it look does it look like it could take us far? If not, let's double back, get back into the draft next year, and see what we come up with. Our next team on the list is the Carolina Panthers. Now, I was high on them before I saw preseason games. I'm not saying that I haven't I've changed my mind. This whole division is just an absolute crapshoot to think about when you are trying to say, okay, prognosticate who's going to win the division and who's, who's going to be the last place team. I think Tampa has a good chance of doing that. Some people think Carolina has a good chance of doing that. I'm not one of those. Here's my thing for Carolina. Let me make this perfectly clear. Find a left tackle. Move. Iki Akangu 
away from left tackle, either kick him inside or you kick him to the right tackle spot. Bryce Young is slight and he's small. We've been saying it the whole offseason. Throughout the draft process, he's small, he's slight. Give him the best opportunity to work. Give him the opportunity to thrive in the system. They don't have a ton of weapons, but the weapons they have are consistent. They're not going to be flashy weapons, but they can matriculate the ball down the field. But the one thing that you don't want to see is Bryce Young getting blasted every three seconds by a huge defensive tackle or a screaming coming off the edge defensive end. Again, it's the greatest uh, greatest science experiment the NFL has ever produced, and I can't wait to see it. I've said it a thousand times. But if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm looking for a vet left tackle, maybe a disgruntled left tackle who wasn't getting paid his money in a, in a situation or whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe there was a coaching change and, you know, he doesn't like the actual blocking scheme that he's a part of anymore. I don't know what it is, but I'm doing everything in my power before week one that Bryce Young has just another guy at that left tackle spot. I'm not saying that the kid of Kongu will not work out because he's a huge physical left tackle right now, but I just think he's not quick enough and you cannot have those edge rushers coming off just unattended and just blasting Bryce Young. You just can't have that. For our third team, we're going to look at the New Orleans Saints. Shouts out to my people down in New Orleans. Here's my thing from New Orleans. Mickey Loomis has been doing this high wire act for like three or four years ever since Breeze left. We had Jameis Winston. Now we got Derek Carr. Michael Thomas has been hurt pretty much since uh, Drew Brees left. They do have some talent coming in. Chris Olave, I like a lot. Alvin Kamara, still a good back. Going to be suspended for a little while. But in New Orleans, let me ask you this question. Are you guys tired of being in the middle yet? I think it's an aging roster. I think... The returns are diminishing. I think that Carr could win you this division easy, because if you look at the rest of the if you look at the rest of the division, you got Desmond Ritter, you got Bryce Young, both young quarterbacks. Oh, Bacon, Baker Mayfield, not real proven, hasn't really done it. Kyle Trask, another young quarterback, just by. Experience alone, Derek Carr could walk in and New Orleans could win this division. It's not a very talented division, not yet. It's very young. Quarterbacks are moving around. And Derek Carr could walk into a situation with a bunch of vets trying to prove something and squeak out uh, a 9-8 and season in New Orleans. 
Now, New Orleans fans will be mad at me because they because I just said nine and eight and squeaking by. I don't know what you think you're getting out of your defensive line. I don't know what you think you're getting out of uh, Michael Thomas. Now, Chris Olave obviously has a lot of potential growth, but the rest of the team is aging. And I'm saying if you can, if Michael Thomas gets off to a hot start, I'm trying to trade him by the deadline, get some assets. When Abu Kamara comes back and he is off suspension, he looks good, I'm trying to trade him as well. This is what I'm doing in New Orleans. At some point, let the good times roll needs to stop. You can't be the 45-year-old dude in the club in like the young club hitting on the young girls. You just can't. Or the young ladies. I'm so sorry. Not trying to be disrespectful whatsoever. Um, you just can't be that guy. Right? You just can't be this guy that like we're just gonna read, we're just gonna retool, 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 retool. At some point, you gotta blow it up and start all over. And I think we're at that point with New Orleans that it, they might have one more run in them just because of how, how bad this division is. I think there's a sleeper in this division. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks. I, t- I tell you that. We got it coming. I swear to you. We got it coming with uh, Nico. Um, but, yeah, that would be my thought for New Orleans. Trey, if you get Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara off to good starts, Trade them. Get pieces. Running backs and wide receivers go down in the NFL all the time. We just talked about the Green Bay Packers, and we just talked about the Dallas Cowboys needing another weapon either to show the way to the young fellas or add another, you know, another little spicy thing to look at when defenders are trying to calculate who should we kind of kind of edge our coverage closer to cd lamb cd lamb is obviously going to be the choice a lot but if they had another guy on the other side of cd lamb be box office for sure now let's get over to the detroit lions (laughs) i've been hard on them this year because of i did not like the 12th and 18th pick. We've said it so many times. I'm not going to continue to beat it into the ground. But I have good news for Lions fans. I was listening to a pod a couple weeks ago. And um, there's a defensive tackle that's kind of waiting and waiting and waiting to see where he's going to land. He's looking for a, a, a competitive team. He's looking for a team that ha- wants to make some noise in the playoffs and possibly get to a Super Bowl. Detroit Lions, does that sound like you? Indomitian Sue is a mercenary defensive tackle that has um, built relationships all across the league. He's uh, in good with Steven Ross down in Miami. They're actually working on a uh, building project in Portland. Um, y'all go check out Indomitian Sue's website for more information on that. But, uh, you know, this is a guy who is kind of Still very talented, still can get a impactful rush in the middle of that uh, line. He's a three technique. He knows his position. He studies a lot, and he's smart. 
can we see a big Sioux reunion in Detroit to solidify that defense, give it a little more gravitas, help out Jared Goff so he doesn't have to score 37 points a game to win games. So I'm thinking about bringing back as a reunion, you know, kind of like, you know, when you see the Eagles in concert, you know, your older groups or whatever, like if you're like me, you you like to see like Hart, you know, you like to see like uh, Dougie Fresh get out there. You know what I'm saying? You need to see LL Cool J's on, in concert. So see if my guy's out there still doing it. But Dominican Sue will definitely help the Detroit Lions. I'm looking forward to seeing if that is something that is even in the realm of possibility. Now, I would tell you Detroit, he's probably looking at the top, top contenders first. So do not be um, feel disrespected. He's going to be looking at, like, the guys that are very, very close to a ring. Like, I wouldn't mind him in Kansas City as well, but we're trying to help out Detroit. My thing with Detroit, get if you can get another uh, difference maker on that defense, somebody who can provide a rush, uh, whether it's Ndamukong Sue or somebody else, that is the way I would go if I was the Detroit Lions. Now let's talk about the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, we saw a little bit more. Uh, we saw a lot of more spark out of him last year. They did finally get him a weapon. I don't know if you call it a great weapon, but they got did get him a weapon at the trade deadline. We thought it was a stupid move because of the fact that you do not give up your second-round pick, which actually turned out to be a first-round pick if you think about it. Because it was the 32nd selection overall, which is usually the end of the first round. But Miami out there, tampering charges, doing all kind of crazy stuff. So, Chicago, my one thing for you. Go out and grasp a, a Chris Godwin, a Mike Evans. A slot receiver. Hell, dig up the corpse of, uh, what's my guy? Willie Galt. You know what I'm saying? Go dust out of your attic and get Curtis Conway. Go get somebody. Give Justin Field enough weapons to make to see if you know what you got. I don't know if they still have they have enough weapons to really we really know what we have in Chicago. Really interesting to me that that is the case, but that's where we are. So if I have anything for Chicago, if they can upgrade the wide receiver position or tight end position, hell, the running back position, the offense, anything that helps the offense, I'm all for it for the Chicago Bears, because I would love to see Justin Fields have, like, legitimate talent around him and say, okay, this is your shot. Let's see what you can do. All right? Now, <clears throat> the, we got a couple more here. 
Okay, so we got the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay is real easy. We just talked about it. Adding a receiver, whether it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, a slot, you know, maybe a Devontae Parker from New England. New England needs all the weapons. It it could, you know, <laughs> New England needs weapons. I'm just, again, I, I don't, I don't get it. You are, you have a quarterback that's starting really for the first time consistently. And there is not a pass catcher that is outside his second year. Okay. So I'm really at a loss of what you're trying to do for Jordan Love. I'm not saying that he's not a talented young man, but a vet would definitely help, whether at the tight end position or another wide receiver. I would love to see Mike Evans there. Really would. And now for the Minnesota Vikings. Here's another guy that could use an Indomitian Sioux. Here's another guy. Or here's another team that using Duncan Sue. Any sort of veteran pass rusher, interior defensive line, edge linebacker, hell, um, secondary help, anything to help that defense. It was one of the worst in the league last year. Now, mind you, they made some upgrades, but if you look at what they've done. Now, Davenport, he's okay. You know, it's not like, oh, killer. It was a positive move. It provided depth. Provided consistency somewhat. But it wasn't like, if you're still waiting for Danielle Hunter to, like, go bananas like he did, what, two or three years ago, I don't know if that guy's coming back. So at this point, what do you do if you're the Minnesota Vikings? And I here again, you know, scour, you know, the the camp, see who's getting released, see who's getting waived, see if you can pick up maybe anything that can boost that defense whatsoever. They also might look at Jonathan Taylor as well. That's another team that could be a dark horse candidate for Taylor. Now, I don't know if they want to give up a first-round pick. Maybe they can work something out where it's multiple seconds and thirds and kind of uh, go through like three years of whatever, where it's, um, you know, maybe 2024 it's a second, maybe 2025 it's a third, maybe 2026 it's a second. I don't know. I don't know if you want to give up all that for Jonathan Taylor, but – a little more juice to the offense would help. Anything that's going to be able to help Kirk Cousins, because you know he as good, he's as good, he is as good as the sum of his parts. That is Kirk Cousins in a nutshell. If you're asking Kirk Cousins to win games for you, that is probably not the best recipe for success. And here's the thing. Minnesota knows that. So, Little tinkers here and there. 
They have a very explosive offense. I really did like the TJ Hawkinson pickup from Detroit. Because if they're able to utilize him, and Kirk Cousins loves underneath. He loves underneath. Crossing patterns, six yards off the line of scrimmage, that's that's Kirk Cousins' jam. Yeah, you like that, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you like that. But yeah, I would think anything that they could do possibly to upgrade the defense. This is also more of a, unless somebody, somebody sick comes loose. You know, I don't know who that would be um, as far as a disgruntled player, maybe looking for a new contract and um, just hasn't got it yet and just, you know, makes a, makes a fuss. But Sue would help them. I don't know if they're close enough to a, um, I don't know if Sue would think they would be close enough to that NFC or AFC championship game to to decide that that's where he would want to uh, play for four months. But yeah, some help on that defense would be great. Great, great, great. Okay, so that is the NFC South and the NFC North. And then, uh, like I said, Wednesday we'll pick two other divisions, go through the four teams, and kind of go through there. Um, no more programming notes. We don't need to worry about it. You guys got it early. We told you what we we're doing. So this will you will have football all week, Wednesday, Friday, and then next Monday to finish these things off. I got some stuff coming off my dome that I need to go ahead and break out, break out these tapes. So I'm looking forward to that. And again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for getting on Spotify, getting on Apple, and listening to the whole podcast. Uh, for people who just watch the videos, remember, this is part of a whole podcast, so get get on top of it. Because we're going to give you some fantasy, we're going to give you some news, and then we're going to give you some things that we're thinking about. That's how it's going to work all season. All right, so for my guy, Nico Miatello. Again, shouts out to my guy getting married, um, to his future bride in the next couple of days, Shannon. We're so proud of them. And uh, to everybody else out there, thank you for downloading. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Remember to subscribe. Remember to follow. Remember to rate and review. We need all that to get better. We also need all that so we can look. And say, hey, to the sponsors, like, yo, we need some dollars. We need some cash. All right? So up some bread because we bring in entertainment to the masses. Let's go. So we're ready to get up out of here. So, again, oh, socials. At FrontRunnerPC is my X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. And at Nico FRPC, you know, wish my guy happy nuptials. You know, what's your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers? If you hit him up and you say, what's your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers? You will, he will follow you. You will have a friend for life. He loves the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And again, remember to follow us on YouTube. We get clips out every uh, every other day. Uh, something from this episode will be going up later on tonight. And that's about it, man. Thank you guys for checking us out. And we will see you down the road on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>